Hey, welcome to this week's episode of A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. Today on the podcast, we tackle the big question of unity isn't uniformity. So can I disagree with someone and still have unity? We answer that question and so much more on this week's episode. Remember, our goal on the podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better. So together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to this week on A Little Better, week two of a series, Church That, my first week back in the saddle. If I learned anything, this ship does not float because of me. Oh, no, right. We are very happy to have you back. <laughs> uh, Brad does not want to take over the hosting role of the podcast. No. I just learned that. So you should see him try to get the opening introduction. <laughs> take 37. Uh, 20th time's a charm. That's yeah. right. Well, Drew, this week you preached on unity. Let's hear your sermon in 60 seconds. So yeah, a church that is unified and that we need to fight for unity and not division. And we see that from Paul, uh, his letter to the church in Corinth that struggled with uh, unity. And so we we talked about understanding where division comes from, um, understanding that often the division in our hearts comes from our own selfishness. And so understanding that, it, it gives us a kind of a guide to move forward. And so how do we keep unity? Well, we remember what unites us. We remember who divides us and we put on humility. And so it's not a perfect recipe for unity, but it's it's a recipe that if we wear and use, it will lead us to better places. Nice. You had a lot of great points, scripture references, and illustrations in this, but one that you weren't able to like unpack that Paul actually illustrates in the text is verse 12. And I want to start by talking like, what exactly does verse 12 mean when Paul says, I'll read it really fast for us. He says, what I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. The other says, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. What exactly is Paul getting at in this illustration? Which I think you hit as well, but what, is, what does this mean? Are they all wrong answers with one right answer in there or all wrong answers? I mean, obviously, when you say you follow Christ, that's a, a a good answer. I would even say is there a wrong way to say it, you know that a proud, prideful way to say that. Just I think like, those all could be right answers, right? Because uh-huh. doesn't Paul say, "Follow me as I follow Christ"? Mm-hmm. So saying I follow Paul could be the same thing as saying I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming these are all probably influential leaders sure. in the church yeah. in Corinth. So none of them is doing bad stuff, right? right. You have you have Apollos is mentioned. None of these are like false teachers Mm -mm. or things. It doesn't seem like Paul is mad at these Mm -hmm. individuals, but I feel like he's using this as an illustrator of he's kind of frustrated at the whole dynamic of the thing that people are saying, well, I, you know, and it could be, I was reading a few commentaries on this and basically some said it could have been based on teaching style or what they taught or things like that. He's just kind of really frustrated that Mm -hmm. people are seeing that which we all have our favorite like preachers or favorite sure. teachers, um, but when that's used as a cause of a division, like well, I only listen to right. fill in the blank. It's yeah. almost like they're they're saying, "This is my favorite pastor." Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, like oh, right. I follow this guy because I like the way he does this or that. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind that is 
you know, again, good, good yeah. intentions, but it, it, it creates this division or it begins this division of like, oh, I follow this person. I follow that person, this person. It, it, it's just like, it's, it's showing the, the heart of the church of Corinth that isn't unified. There's a difference between I have a favorite pastor and I'm better than you because I follow this pastor. Right. Yes. Yeah. You bring up a good point where you said intention, which is something I want to dive into even more specifically. When you brought up your, the James passage, you talked about how we can have really good end results. Like we, re- we want something that's good, but when we go about it maybe the wrong way or with the wrong motives, <laughs> mm-hmm. it just all kind of crumbles apart. And you, you know, had a, a good list there. What are some good checkers in our life, like, you know, guardrails, if you want to say that, to, to help us see when we're going about it the wrong way, or it's like, okay, I'm actually pursuing this in a healthy direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. answering the question, you know, what am I really after? Okay, mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people, even in their desire, sometimes they lie about their desire, right? Okay. I, I think yeah. sometimes people will say, oh, I want to reconcile with my wife in a, in a fight, right? Mm-hmm. Do you really... You know, mm. do, like I, I'm guilty of this, right? I think right. about having a good desire, right? Yes. Do I want to reconcile with my wife in a fight? For sure I do. Yeah. But the reason I do is not because I, I want everything to be happy. It's I, I just wanted her to see my way. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah, I and see that, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think sometimes we lie about even our desires, like having good desires. That's why I think, you know, James says, you know, God actually sees your heart and mm-hmm. he determines whether you should have that or not because he knows your, your desire isn't even a good thing. Yeah, but right. I think there are some times when we do have good desires, but we go about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So I think we often, one of the things I try to do is like my good desire, who's going to oppose it and try to put myself mm. and empathize with why, why are they going to oppose that? How are they going to take my message and allow their perspective to shape the way I approach mm. that healthy desire. That's the act of love. That's the sacrifice. It's just like, do I really want to patiently walk through this with this person? No, I'm right. They're wrong. I mean, it's, it's, but to actually put in that effort, you know, of listening. I'm also reminded of the temptation of Christ when the devil presents all these things to Jesus that he's entitled to, right? Mm. It's like he offers bread, but the way he gets it, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. is wrong. Offers him yep. to rule the kingdoms of the world. Well, Jesus is entitled to rule, mm. but not this way. Yep. You know, these are all shortcuts, yeah. you know, that violate, you know, the purpose. And it's, it's just hard work. And, but yep. then you're reminded of all the hard work Jesus did to reconcile us. I even think in throughout like the COVID and all the divisions that came up politically and mm-hmm. just in, in everyday life, one of the illustrations I use to people is, you know, okay, shepherding, right? You think about shepherding sheep. You're going to have sheep that are slow and you're going to have sheep that want to move fast, right? Mm-hmm. And part of the shepherd is learning to go at a speed where the slow people can keep up. Mm-hmm. But the fast people can move at a pace where they feel like they're moving. Right. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things to do as a shepherd is like, and I think when you have a good desire, I think of all these things that we long for, right? God's justice. We long Mm -hmm. for sound doctrine. Right. But we also have to recognize who are the people that we're trying to shepherd Mm -hmm. with that good thing? And how can I go at a pace Mm -hmm. that 
isn't going to alienate the people who disagree with me, but bring right. them along, yeah. but also fight for sound doc- doctrine fast enough to the people who are charging the hill with mm-hmm. swords in their hands. Right. Well, this yeah. may be something that Paul, going back to verse 12, that he's trying to bring unity back to because maybe it's come some of those different teachers were hitting different niches right. in like the fast-paced people, the wounded sheep, you know. Mm-hmm. I just think of those all those shepherding metaphors in the Old Testament of there's all things from like, defending the flock to binding the wounded yep. like you had to do all, like a shepherd in the old testament times like they had to do all those things they had yeah. to bind the the broken legs and it mm-hmm. wasn't like well you broke your leg good luck <laughs> it's like <laughs> no it's like you're, you're keeping the, a hold of that sheep as well and then you had like the well-fed sheep the yeah. malnourished mm-hmm. sheep you have all these sheep and you're trying to shepherd all of them and move in the same direction toge- yeah together <laughs> at a healthy pace it's like wow that doesn't sound like a easy job whatsoever. I want to go back to um, when you were talking about the illustration of we approach it, but we lie about our motives. When we identify that in our own hearts individually, when we are like seeking unity, but really just seeking someone to affirm us and say, yep, you're right. I was wrong. Like we don't really want unity. We just want to be right. What do we do in the midst of that? When we, when we identify that and like, oh, when we recognize I'm actually the one that just wants to be right. I don't actually care about unity as much as I'm saying I'm caring about unity. Get out of your base camp, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's what people naturally do. When they think they're right, they go and surround themselves with people who believe they're right. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. And I think a great starting place for people who believe in something that they believe is godly or right, have, the, ha- have a good desire, a godly desire, and want to go about it the right way, start with the people who disagree with you, right? Hear their side, talk to them about, you know, what they, where they would disagree with, and then shape your message around both of those camps Mm. versus your own camp. I think the problem with so many people is, again, we pick sides, which basically causes division, right? It separates us rather than actually like, if I disagree with someone, you know, Michelle said something in pre-preach that I thought was really wise. You know, fighting for unity is not just giving up. It's not throwing in the towel and be like, oh, let's just, let's not talk about this anymore. Fighting for unity is having the conversation, mm-hmm. continuing the conversation and working and having opposing sides come together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy in our culture to say like, even you think of Paul's illustration, right? Well, there's tons of unity in the camp of Cephas. There's sure. tons of unity in the camp of Paul. There's tons of unity in the camp of Apollos. They all agree this person is the best teacher. <laughs> and we agree that those other guys are not wrong. the best teacher. <laughs> yeah, they're all wrong. Right. And like in our modern day culture today, that's kind of like what where we're at, right? We, we're really in agreement in our own camps who's mm-hmm. wrong and the fact that we're all right. right. And so the next question that I have that kind of was birthed from Michelle's comments and pre-preach. What are some good ways that we can go about, or even is it even possible to have unity while still disagreeing with someone's perspective? How do we achieve that level of unity where we disagree at some level, but we still have unity? Is that even possible? Because it doesn't sound impossible. It sounds like a pipe dream, you know? Like, um, what do we do there? Uh, I think you got to learn to major on the majors and, and minor on the minors. Right. So, you know, what things are worth, I think the first, the first decision you have to make is what are the things that I'm not willing to bend on? Mm-hmm. Okay, so for example, right, like 
Jesus was the son of God. Jesus saved us from our sins, right? Mm. I am a sinner. Like there's some absolutes that yeah. like, hey, if you're going to disagree with me, nope, I'm right on this and I'm not bending on this. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So understand what your majors are, but then like minor and the minors, right? You don't have to be right about everything, right? Mm. And you can bend and you, there's a give and take in anything. Like you think about business, like let's go outside the church world for a second. Mm. If you're leading, co-leading with somebody, the only way that relationship is going to be successful is if you give and they take. Again, the family, you, you look mm. at that family, part of a family, what makes a family a family is giving to the relationship and taking from the relationship. And so mm-hmm. learning where, where can I bend yeah. and how, how far am I willing to bend mm. and live in that healthy realm. I, I don't know anybody who likes to be around somebody who always thinks they're right. Yeah, yeah you must see that in the over, like for instance, you know, in leadership on the oversight team or with staff, you know, it's like, let's have our time to talk. We all have different ways of approaching this. We all think we're right, you know, but we're also humble enough to say there's a possibility we're wrong. And hey, guess what, guys? At some point, we have to go to a direction and I'm going to lovingly submit Mm. to the consensus of the group, Mm. you know, and say... I think that is one of the, like, undervalued marks of maturity in Christian leadership and leadership in general is... I disagree with the direction, mm-hmm. but I am willing for the sake of unity to follow that lead, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we don't get to talk about this enough, but our elders do that on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Our staff does that on a regular basis, right. right? Hey, when we set a direction, not everybody is gonna be like, that's the perfect direction we should go on. Mm-hmm. But what shows, mm-hmm. I think, maturity in a leader is the willingness to say, hey, I would probably go make a little, a couple different decisions, but for the sake of of the cause and what we're here for, I'll get behind it and I'll follow it like I believe it's the vision I would take. Mm-hmm. But I will say that you, know, like you as a leader, leaders among staff, they put in, they put in the pre-work, you sure. know, the patient listening. Yes. You know, just saying, here's why I think this is a good idea. And mm. I, I feel listened to. Yeah. Mm. Even though you, know, you may decide to go in a direction I didn't yep. choose. Yeah. yeah. Which is one of the things that you said about humility is listen more, talk less. You know, that was one of the markers uh, of humility. And I think, you know, to answer that question of device it, like how can we disagree but have unity is some of the things that we've already, you've already said is like, you got to listen well, you got to check your own heart mm. and your own motives. What do I actually want out of this desire mm. as, as we develop? Because our culture is, is that cancel culture, right? That's a popular buzz term now. It's like, if we disagree, wrong you know like i spend mm-hmm. time on wednesday nights with our uh students and they they talk about that kind of all the time that yeah. that cancel culture like oh somebody disagree with me i'm canceling them as a friend like it's like that you don't that is not the vision <laughs> of not like biblical friendship or unity or anything of like oh we disagree on this issue it's X. a recipe for loneliness yeah yeah you know because Guess what? I I live with someone who I'm committed to forever, and we disagree on a lot of things, right? And am I supposed to just cancel my marriage? Yeah, you know, no, you know. Sometimes God yeah. goes a direction, and I'm like, God, I wish you went a different direction. Mm-hmm. Can I cancel God? Yeah, you know, I mean, That's yeah, a good point. yeah. And w- one of those things is this has come up multiple times in the past couple of months for me, but like thinking about like views on things in Scripture that are the minors or secondary, tertiary issues is like. I think that's some of the beauty of Christianity where we can have people who can learn how to major on the majors and minor on the minors and have disagreement on what exactly is the proper or correct view where every other religion, it's like there's a set. Like you're like, this is what we believe. There is no like Mm. 
fringe anything, but there's some beauty of diversity yeah. in the body of Christ on these secondary issues, yeah. and that's amazing. Um, so let's let's talk about. You said a, a point, which is unity isn't uniformity of us just all being cookie cutter, looking the same. How have you seen over the past? How long have you been in Orthodox? Almost six years. Uh, yeah, over God, six years. God bring about some of these things of people from different backgrounds, walks of life, about in Northridge Church? Well, I mean, if you were at our church six years ago, you, you'll definitely notice a, a difference in diversity mm-hmm. from theology to, you know, racial diversity to ethnicity to, mm-hmm. you know, church background to... all. We, we have diversity all over the board. Right. Um, and I, again... Diversity can be, you get the, you really, you take two boats, right? We can take our diversity and call it a detrimental thing, or we can view it as a, a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think God designed diversity to be a very beautiful thing, to give us a full picture, mm-hmm. a, a, a more than one way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, like always, selfishness and sinfulness mm. create a beautiful thing that God created and distort it. And it becomes, instead of, something that can bring us together, make us better together. It just divides us. Mm-hmm. So what are you praying God for in that lane of, of thinking about diversity with unity of in the next chapter of Northridge? And this is a whole vision series about a church we want to be, right? Uh, in this week on unity, wh- what are you praying that God or our elders praying for God to bring about in this area of unity without uniformity? Uniformity. Sorry, that was a hard word. Yeah, I would say two prayers. One, that we would value and embrace the diversity that God has brought to our church. And so I think we need to find our uniqueness and understand everybody, empathize with everybody's place and understanding and background and allow those, so value that, but also leverage that to make us a better family of God, a more influential, because the diversity, what I love about it is it, it allows us to penetrate all different parts of our city, mm-hmm. all different parts of our community. Then if we just look the same way, we could only reach the same type of people. And diversity allows us to leverage. If we value it and, and empathize with it, I think it, it broadens our reach all throughout our city. Yeah, I just... I was remembering a point in your sermon where you said, you know, let's be real, you know, don't judge me <laughs> based on what you see from a distance, you know, yeah. inside the Karshner home, yeah. you know, there's things we get wrong and there's things we get right. The thing I want to be real in our church and as a podcast is because I'm loving and celebrating um, the diversity that we do have here, but I also know that we're... There's there's places we make mistakes too, oh, right? And you know yeah. we've 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 got the battle scars, you know, yeah. through the last few years of sure. trying to walk through these things. We've done some things right. We've done things, you know. There's other things where we say, what can we learn? So I think you know I always think of as a church, you know, do we have like this little spike in the middle of here's where all our people are, right? Mm. That would be uniformity, right? Yeah. You know, everyone to the left is gone, everyone to the right is gone, north, south, east. I mean, it's, you know, any other direction. But how wide is that tent? You know, mm. are mm. there people who really significantly, passionately mm. disagree with each other? 
Um, I think of Chuck Colson, Kingdoms in Conflict. There are some things you can be politically passionate about mm. something, yeah. right? But never believe that politics will usher in the kingdom of God. There's something underneath right. that yeah. that we agree with. The kingdom of God yes. transcends that. And so... You know, I mean, when I hear someone say on the other side of an issue, well, I don't really think they're a Christian, <laughs> you know, and you can hear it both ways, yeah, right? Well, a Republican, yeah, yeah. how can a Democrat be a Christian? Or a Democrat saying, how can yeah. a Republican be a Christian? Yeah. You know, when you are, that's where you're putting your hope in the wrong right. you know, mm. solution. You're and you're sowing of seeds of division. Anytime right. you say, how could that person be a Christian, when you can't even tell if a person is a Christian or not, like you, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. You can look at their life. I get that. But like, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a God reality that right. humanity doesn't have the ability to see. And those are just mm-hmm. small ways mm-hmm. where you sow division, not only in with between you and that person, but in the ears that are listening. Mm-hmm. Right. The last thing I want to do in oh, my yeah. Yeah, family yeah, 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 yeah. is teach my kids how to bring division into the church. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And don't fool yourself. Dad's right, mom's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, don't fool yourself. Even when it comes to, to politics or anything, right. the things you say in your home are teaching mm-hmm. your kids the posture their heart belongs in. Mm-hmm. And how many people today are so busy sowing seeds of division, not only in our church, mm-hmm. but teaching their kids how to sow division. Yeah. And I think it's important that we guard the hearts of the little ones in our house as well. Mm-hmm. And... Teach them that we don't fight for division. We yeah. fight for unity. Model it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. The last place, honestly, I want to bring division mm-hmm. is the bride of Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. So good. With our last question as we wind down, as just thinking from you guys' wisdom through the years of shepherding people that may um, see, have the motive of division, or you see that like based on how they're bringing things up, like how do you shepherd people well where, when your heart is for unity, but clearly the person that's sitting across from the table from you they are pushing an agenda or a view or a perspective and like they're right there. That's where they're at. Like they want to be right. And that's what you sense that in their spirit and their tone, everything. How do you have that conversation and try to mend fences or build a bridge, like bring unity about like, what are some best practices thinking about people on the podcast who may have that in their family, in their home, in their small group? Like how do you do that? What, what are some approaches with someone else with it, you're trying to bring unity, but they don't seem to be on the same page. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I would say follow Jesus' example and speak the truth with grace. You know, mm-hmm. I think I would lead with grace, mm. with humility, but I wouldn't be afraid to say, hey, I, I don't know if you see this, but you're dividing. You're, you're, I, I, and I think speak to people's hearts too. Mm-hmm. I know in your heart what you want. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you're achieving what you want, and here's why. Mm-hmm. So helping them to see how they could be causing division and how, you know, we even remind, like what, like I said, my reminding people, like we're on the same page, right? You know, especially if they want a good thing, a good desire, mm-hmm. like, hey, I want what you want. I just think we, <laughs> the way we're going about it isn't achieving that thing that we desire. I don't think there's a perfect recipe for that, though. Sometimes you tell somebody that and they, you know, spit in your face and walk in a different direction, you know? Um, I think you just got to do the best you can in the humble way and let the results, let God... Sometimes I've seen people... Like, don't... Also, don't determine success based off the conversation and how it goes, Mm. right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. people will come back and be like, you know what? You're right. I missed it. So let the Holy Spirit do what only the Holy Spirit can do as well. 
Yeah, Brad, anything to add? I don't want. I can't improve. You on can't that. improve. That's, on that. I, I was basking and enjoying That's that. So, answer. Oh yeah, right. it's a huge. No, it's a huge. It's a huge challenge. I just think that in the end, people know your heart. Yeah. Right. If you love them the way Jesus loves them, you know. It's good. That's got to get through at some point. Yeah. yeah. And have some checks and balances, right? Before you have that conversation, mm-hmm. maybe ask some people, hey, are you seeing what I see? Um, mm. Pray before you go in that conversation, right? Like yeah. spirit guide my words, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you might plan to say something and the spirit might be like, no, 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 no. no this no, is yeah. way better. So good. This is what their heart needs. So mm-hmm. d- don't just go in, in your own power and your own strength. Like do the things you need to do before you have that conversation. And one of the most important things is spirit lead me. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. And just as an action step, I'll just put in the show notes, you can see a Bible reading plan called Until Unity, which would be a great, There's it's like five-day-a-week plan uh, from the book Until Unity by Francis Chan, which is a great read. I read that last year. And so thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed uh, this week's podcast and it helped you know Jesus better and do better together. We can't wait to see you next week. <laughs>